do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 574. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a, of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we have two guests, and uh, we were just before we pressed record. I want to know because Kathy's going to kind of be interviewing myself and these two guests. Mm -hmm. So, sweetie, how do you want to start this out? Well, I was just thinking before we started that I think I met both these guys before you did, so I win. First of all, why is everything oh, in competition right? with you? Right, guys, I did. I met. I don't know about Sean, but I know for sure me. For sure, Frank. Um, Frank and I did yoga teacher training together years ago, like 10 years ago, Frank, like 12 years ago. I don't know. It's a long time ago. And I knew that Todd would like Frank a lot. Um, and then, so we finally, you and I did a class with Frank. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a, you know, some kind of couples acrobatic yoga. yoga. Remember when we used to do all that acrobatic stuff. Mm. And then you guys, you know, met from there. And then I won. And you won. I won the Frank contest. And so this is Frank Nago who's with us, and he is the co-founder of the tri- of the yeah. Well, what's <laughs> formerly known as the Tribe Men's Group. Yeah. Um, and then why don't you introduce the other guy too? And then Sean is, and again, I don't know if I met Sean first, but I took his yoga class. And I remember coming home and telling Todd about Sean because sometimes when Sean was teaching, he would bust into like a Boston accent. Yeah. And it would always kind of crack me up. And so we started saying that as a family, we started talking like Sean. So Sean, will you say for me right now, put your hands to your heart? Your hands to your heart. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So my whole family says that now and we don't even like credit it to you. We just say, put your hands to your heart. So... (laughs) Then I think from what I understand, Todd, you were wearing a Zen Parenting Radio shirt one time when we were at the the yoga studio. Yeah. And then you and Sean then became friends after that. And he is now the, he, what's his, he's like the president or something. Who are you in this men's group of ours, Sean? (laughs) Uh, I am the president of the board because we are a nonprofit, 501c3. So let me quickly go back to Frank. Frank, did we always have a board or is that something new? So in other words, how did this start? And then now how, how all of a sudden do we have a board, much less a president of a board? How do we have a board? Um, yeah, so no, we have not always had a board, not at all. Um, in fact, we started out with, I think, I am... The, the first iteration, I invited seven people. There were seven people. Actually, I think it was six people. So it was seven, including me, which is my favorite number. Maybe that's why I invited six. Um, one said no right away, so it became not my favorite number. <laughs> um, but now I think we have six board members, you know, several years later. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It was not a not-for-profit. Uh, in fact, you know, initially it was, it wasn't for profit or not profit. It was just uh, a, f- a few people getting together. And um, that was, geez, 2008. And now here we are, 2020, a not for profit, a board, a president's vice president, treasurers, and 
all the all the other things that that keep us running and moving in the direction we want to so so yeah changed yes so just so you guys know um we are here the reason that we're all here together is because we are revealing a new name every week everybody hears me talk about the tribe men's group and we have renamed ourselves we rebranded ourselves we decided to use zen parenting radio as a platform to make this announcement so um and and my goal of today because most of our listeners are female, so but I know there's a lot of guys that listen to the show. My goal for today is just to make sure that there are resources available to the men listening and to the men in the lives of the women who are listening. So I want to turn it over to Sean and just say, um, Sean, can you do your best in coming up and telling the listeners why we changed the name? And maybe, Frank, you can help. And then the three circles that we came up with and then what the name is. Yeah, and what the name is, because people are waiting for that. We're trying to build up some suspense. (laughs) I get it. Well, the new name is Men Living. And I'm not going to remember all the details on the back and forth of how we went through that. I mean, Frank um, is very good at this kind of creative process and is very kind of specific in taking us through the paces of, of thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. And, um, what we decided is that it was important to, um, define kind of not only men living, but men living intentionally, men living connected and men living healthy, uh, as kind of three focus areas for the work that we're going to be doing moving forward. All right. Yeah, And I, I think, you know, the name is, something that I've felt, you know, connected to for, for a very long time. And, um, you know, I think for the most part, many people, it's kind of interesting as we've decided to change the name, um, over the, you know, we've been working on this for, I don't know, several months, I think maybe July, we started talking about it. And, um, you know, it's like, since then we've, I've been hearing more positive things about, about the old name or the current name. And, um, but really to me, it's, it's just an evolution of, of what we're offering in our community. So um, it just felt like the right thing to not only expand what we're offering, but also just expand, you know, who we are. And, and even as much as the logo and, and the name is concerned. So, you know, it's just, it's just been, um, an evolution and along, along with that, you know, there are some things with the name that we felt was appropriate to, to really consider and take a, take a close look at, which is, you know, is this something where there's some level of cultural appropriation? Um, and how do we feel about that? And if do we want to make a change to to address that? And so it just so happened that while we were intentionally wanting to grow and to expand and to just um, develop who we who we are and what we want to offer, we were having these kinds of conversa- conversations um, about the name and what it stood for and and what it stood for for other people. 
and peoples. So it just felt it felt good. And we were in alignment with wanting to make a change uh, with it. And that's how we that's how we came up with what we did. So. So, and just to reinforce, the name that we came up with is called Men Living, and we like it just because from a branding standpoint, we could do certain things with it, but even more importantly, and maybe it's not so subtle or maybe not so nuanced, but for me, um, when I tell people, I sometimes ask people, what's the highest demographic of people that die by suicide? One of the last guesses they have are middle-aged and even elderly men, but that's exactly the highest rate. And I just pulled this off of the National Violent Death Reporting System. And it says in 2015, that's the most recent one I could find, that among men of all races, men over 65 are the most likely to die by suicide, 27 per 100,000, closely followed by men between 40 and 64. And then after that, it's men 20 to 39. So notice that there's no females in any of these statistics. So when people are like, well, what do you need a men's group for? You know, this is, you know, epidemic is a word that gets thrown around a lot lately. But if there is an epidemic of people dying by suicide, it's it's adult men. And you don't think of it like that. Like I would think of like teenagers or something like that. And that's simply not the truth. And the reason being from, you know, what you guys know so well with your um, organization is lack of connection. You know, um, it's the inability for many, many reasons, which we've talked on Zen Parenting about this for years and years. For many reasons, men lose their connections as they get older, and that can happen faster or, you know, at a progressive rate because of a lot of things that are learned early on, like not sharing emotion, not being vulnerable, being unwilling to ask for help, things that um, become societally reinforced for boys and men and then can lead to this disconnection that by the time they're at an age, especially if they lose a spouse or a partner, they don't have anybody. And the, and the reaching out for connection, even those tools seem to be lacking. So any of you, you know, Todd or Sean or Frank, like, go through some of the things you guys are doing in men living now, because you guys are addressing a lot of these areas. You're not just, you used to just come together and have a meeting, maybe once a month, once every couple of weeks, you'd have a meeting and it would just be all the men. But now you've really differentiated into a lot of different areas. So will you go through that list of what you're doing now? Um, well, Frank's in charge of programming, so I'm going to let him take a whack at it. And Sean and I will fill in whatever he misses. Yeah, well, th so there's a lot of different offerings, but, you know, what I'll say is to tied to what you're mentioning here, Kathy, is, you know, what we're what we're focused on throughout is is to build that connection and to offer a space for men to come together to have some place to go, as you mentioned. And, you know, you, you mentioned if you if you lose a spouse or a partner um, you know, then you've kind of left alone. You know, the, the the unfortunate thing is even those of us that have a partner or have a, uh, you know, life partner or a spouse, or, you know, people in our lives, you know, we, we still may feel alone with some of these things. And that's, that's one of the biggest stigmas that we're trying to um, address is that, um, you know, we're, you're not alone. 
and there's some things you can, you know, hopefully talk to talk to your partner about, and maybe there's some things that you feel like you can't, and so we're we're trying to have those offerings available so that there's a place for that. So in terms of programs, yeah, I mean we're we're dealing with we're we're offering a weekly meeting, weekly virtual meeting that kind of started uh, at the at the start of the pandemic where we just wanted to have, uh, again, a space for people to come to talk about what they're dealing with around that. And, and it's evolved to, you know, different types of meetings there. Um, we have meditation classes. We have, uh, you know, physical uh, fitness and health classes. We have workshops that are on leadership and, and parenting, how to be, a, you know, the best dads we can be. So there's there's a monthly workshop. There's um, twice a week meditations. There's there's lots lots of stuff that we have. Yeah, and there was some to date because we're we're actually doing this on Veterans Day. Don't you guys have something with military or something? Yeah, a veteran circle is going to start on December sixth. Actually, will be the first uh, gathering of that circle, and and I think for moving forward, you know the the. Um, framework that we'll use moving forward and and continuing to develop programming is this idea of men living intentionally connected and healthy. And so as Frank said, I mean, we have, you know, from an intentional perspective, we had meditation classes, we're doing community engagement work. Um, From a healthy perspective, we're, you know, right now, what we have is we, uh, something the guys have been doing forever is play like your seven, which is kind of a once a year event, but, but we also have an intentional movement class on Thursdays at 1130. And then the connection stuff, um, it's not only the, the weekly virtual, but there's a separation and divorce circle. There's a daddies and daughters circle. Um, and so really what we want to do is, is provide a variety of different on-ramps for men based on either their particular interests, interests or particular circumstances to say, hey, that makes sense for me um, to get engaged. Mm-hmm. And I remember this summer, um, especially with all of the awareness that was brought to systemic racism and, um, you know, us going to the marches and speaking out and becoming more aware, um, that was something you guys added to your um, programming too. Don't you have a justice discussion? Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys call that? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we, so there's a justice circle and that meets every other month. And that was, I think Sean actually came up with, with that idea of, because we were in agreement that we wanted to have this discussion on race and and not have it, um, kind of slip away. You know, of course, like you said, in, in late spring, you know, May timeframe when everything was going on, Breonna Taylor and, uh, George Floyd, you know, the murders, there, you know, we didn't want to be having the conversation just then and then let it kind of fade into the background. So um, we came up with this circle and uh, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's kind of just started since, since uh, July, you know, there's the summertime frame, but it's every other month and we're going to continue that uh, moving forward to, to have these more difficult conversations on race. Yeah, and as of right now, majority of the the people that are involved in this men living group that we've created 
is mostly white straight men and we're hoping to change that. We want to bring in more diversity in every aspect as we can. Um, my question is for all of us, um, I have a whole bunch of friends and most all of them know that I have this men's group and most all of them do not participate. Um, there's some do, but like, let's say I have a hundred friends, only 10 of them are really interested in that. And I want to read this thing that I saw on another men's group Facebook page. And I thought it was interesting. It spoke to me. And then I want to ask Sean and Frank to just bring in their two cents. And this is how it starts. I forget the name of the guy who wrote this, so I apologize. But he says, I'm amazed how often men hide behind their families as an excuse to neglect taking care of themselves. We call them noble obstacles. Noble because there's truth in wanting to be there and present for your family. Obstacles because they keep men from doing their work, the work required to serve them most effectively. Um, and then he gives some examples. I'd like to spend time with the guys, they'll say, but my wife needs me to be there for her. I'd like to go to the gym and train, but I'm watching the kids and I don't have a sitter. I've even heard men say, I'd like to work out, but my children are my priority, as if working out or caring for your children are the only two options present. I have invited so many men into this organization and most of them have ignored me or said no. Some of them have said yes and they're involved. I, I just want to like maybe invite Frank and Sean to give, you know, t speak to why they think guys are apprehensive to jump in to this really what it is. It's an opportunity to support one another. So let's start with you, Sean. Uh, yeah, I, I would say two things. First of all, um, you know, as, as Kathy mentioned in the opening, I mean, I got introduced to ZPR because of a t-shirt you were wearing. And then I met you, um, fell in love with you. Then you introduced me to the tribe and I wasn't really digging it. I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, and I don't know if it was, I was uncomfortable if it was a little bit of, um, I felt like I was in a good space and, and so it felt more like a support group. So I didn't necessarily need it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you encouraged me to say, you know, to think about it from the perspective of give and get, I mean, sometimes, you know, you might be in a great spot, but you have to get in and give to other guys. And so you, you can't kind of abandon this. And, um, and so that challenged me and, um, then I fell in love with Frank and, uh, and so many other of the men that are part of, of men living. So, so it's, it was an experience for me because at first I was, I wasn't digging it. I think the other challenge we have is, um, everybody has choices. Men have choices to make. And, um, are we providing a compelling, uh, opportunity for them? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's part of our challenge. I mean, we know Todd, that there are a couple guys that we spend time with that are very engaged with our organization um, and are challenged by it in their family lives. And, and so, um, so what, you know, so what does that mean? I think after Frank goes, I'd be interested to, to, to see what Kathy has to say as it relates to uh, the spouse of a man who's, who's very engaged um, in this organization. Mm. But so those, so, so, so those would be my two comments about why it might be difficult for more guys to get involved. Yeah. So what I'll say is that I, I think it's very common that, that most of us have, you know, very busy lives, very full lives. 
and lots of responsibilities. I mean, most of the people, you know, people in our demographic, you know, if you're talking about your friends, Todd, and, and my friends for that matter, um, you know, middle-aged people that are, that are raising families and, you know, different, different age ranges and different responsibilities there. But, you know, I think the, the amount of time that people have available after what they would consider their main responsibilities, um, you know, they, they may look at this as just one more piece of work that they have to do or something challenging. And, you know, they really want to be paddling downstream with, with the amount of time that they have available. So, um, you know, and, and so a lot of what we have to offer, you know, there is some challenge and there's, there's some, um, you know, it's, it's not paddling downstream all the time. You know, there are things that we offer where, where it is, it's, it's not just, you know, hard work and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun and there's camaraderie and there's, you know, laughter and joy, all that stuff exists for sure. Um, but I think, you know, for some people watching Netflix or, or turning on in a, some sports, it's just a whole lot easier and, and that's what they want to choose to do. And, um, you know, so, so to, to Sean's point, yeah, trying to make it more accessible for people to at least step into, um, the community and, and see what there is to, to see, um, I think that's what we're tasked with. You know, I, I was invited this past weekend, have have just a great neighbor, one, one of the nicest guys you'll meet. And he invited me down to the end of the block this past weekend, you know, because they were watching the game on, uh, you know, in someone's garage. And, you know, I kind of they had some idea what it was going to be like. And sh- surely it was it was what I kind of expected was that, you know, it was just guys hanging around the garage watching sports talking about sports talking about you know nothing really beyond that and um you know there were there were some a few exceptions but you know it just made me realize that that's very comfortable for many of us and so people lean towards what's comfortable Mm -hmm. you know and for some people this is you know we know many guys in our community that um it's it's a big hurdle just to show up to a meeting. Well, and that hurdle is the man box, which uh, we've talked about and have had multiple guests on our podcast about. And the man box is, is the social conditioning that we grew up with, that men can't be vulnerable, men can't show their feelings and all that other stuff. And I just want to be clear, like, uh, there's a part of me that loves going to my neighbor's garage and watch a Notre Dame game and have beers and not have any conversation conversation of depth. I do like that. But my issue is if that's all that I have, that's not enough for me. And that's what drove me to write an email to Frank one time saying, let's start our own men's group. And that's where we find ourselves today. So it's not one or the other. I I tend to think I get more value out of spending a few hours with guys without alcohol in front of a fire or on on a virtual meeting and, and really have some authentic connection. Like I get more filled up through that. But the Notre Dame beer drinking thing is also something I get filled up for. It's just two different cups that I'm filling up, you know? Well, and, and I would say if you take the deep, the deep stuff away for a second, I mean, what's been really interesting is, is my life's richer because of the guys that I've met 
I mean, so I've probably met, I don't know, 50 to to a hundred guys. I mean, and some I've engaged with in a deeper way and other guys I've just seen on the screen, but, but coming to that with the curiosity about the people that you're engaging with is just going to make, I mean, it has made my life richer. So, so, so kind of just even putting the deepness aside though, that's wonderful. Just having a conversation, well, that guy's kind of interesting. I want to understand more about him. And, and that's, what's been a really great part of it for me. Mm. And I think that's what you guys do such a good job with is that, you know, something that I'm kind of, um, adamant about when Todd and I are doing work together, if it be Zen parenting or a class or a conference is Todd, when he gets into something, he goes all in and he has an expectation that everybody is all in. (laughs) And I am much more like, let people do what they feel they can do in any given moment. Don't don't put pressure on people that they have to be something that you're being because that's a big, at least to me, that's a turnoff. And what I've really appreciated watching in the last, I don't know, however six months as you guys have been evolving and growing and becoming men living is there's all these ways that men can just show up for a meeting um, that men can, you know, show up and just listen, that men can show up for something just specific to them, like the, you know, the divorce um, or, you know, separation, or men can show up for something fun, like your retreats and your, and, and that they have choices because that's something I think you guys, you know, to make, and Todd or, you know, Frank or Sean, you can make this more clear, but men don't have to commit to everything. They can commit to showing up, you know, I I feel like part of your tagline now is just show up when, you know, for the things that meet what you're looking for. And, And I do think, like all things, once they become involved in the one thing, it becomes easier to get involved in the other. But that's kind of your new slogan, right, guys, where they can show up for what they want. Mm hmm. Right. Um, Sean, do you want to speak to that? Um, from the, from the standpoint of just showing up? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's it. I think we want to, we want to continue to one is listen to our current members and the current guys that are, that are coming to be a part of the group and listen to them about what they want and then, and then try to satisfy that and see, is there, um, you know, is there two or three, a handful, a dozen men that are interested in the same thing and then build something around that. And in the meantime, just be, be aware of the things that, um, we think will help satisfy, uh, men who are, are lonely or looking for more engagement. And so, so I think we've been very creative in continuing that trend in offering more things for guys yeah. to jump on board. Yeah, and, and then, I, yeah, and Kathy, you said it. Hopefully the, the one thing that they're interested in will lead them to explore other things. Yeah, what I'm hoping that we're doing, and I feel like we're doing, but we got to, you know, what I've been telling guys lately is we're building this bridge as we go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, we keep on coming up with new ideas, like this veteran circle is something that one of our members came up with. So we're just putting it up there and seeing who or shows up. the music thing. Yeah, the, the Tribe Music yeah. Hour. Yep. Um, which is something that we came up with. There's some music lovers in this organization and we're just going to have a virtual meeting talking about music. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this deep, vulnerable conversation uh, every time. So um, so real quick, I do want to pause this. Um, sweetie, we have a partner of the week, Big Life Journal. They're a new partner. A new partner. And uh, I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners what Big Life Journal is all about. You bet. So 
did you ever hear your child say, I can't do anything right or I don't want to try? It's no, so- my, our kids are perfect, sweetie. <laughs> I've heard it. Yes. You've been missing out. Oh, okay. It's so hard to hear your children say these things. But the good news is we can help our children develop a growth mindset so they can have higher self-esteem and realize they can achieve and learn anything. Big Life Journal makes tools to help you do that. By using their guided journals and printable activities just a few minutes a day, you can help children turn around their thinking. Like, for example, I'm going to try it even if it's difficult, or I can do my best. These illustrated journals are packed with activities, prompts, stories. Over 600,000 parents and educators trust Big Life Journal resources. So check them out. And guess what, Todd? What? Last holiday season... I got a big life journal for each of the girls. Oh, nice. Yes. So we have been not only um, fans of Mm -hmm. big life journal, but recently, maybe it was like in the summer, we made their list of parenting podcasts. Well, thank you, big life journal. Their top parenting podcast. So thank you. So head over to biglifejournal.com and use code ZENPARENT for 10% off your order. So thanks, big life journal. So now, sweetie, back to you. Mm -hmm. What do you, where do you want to go next? Well, uh, uh, there's a few different places, but I'm going to start with the, no, I'm going to do the NAMI thing. Okay. Because Alexa James, who is in charge of NAMI in Chicago, we've had her on the show before. And, you know, just so you guys know, uh, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, obviously the, you know, you can only imagine that even pre-pandemic, NAMI was overwhelmed with um, needing to support people and the phone calls that they receive. Well, since the pandemic, you can just imagine how much um, they've been needed, not just in Chicago, but all over. Um, and I think um, that you, I know we're we're friends with Alexa, and I think you guys are going to now start working with NAMI because part of, you know, part of men living is very literal, Mm. (laughs) you know, making sure that men know they have resources if they were ever having suicidal thinking or if they were ever struggling or feeling alone or feeling like they didn't know how to ask for help. So I know you're just at the beginning stages of that, but I thought that was pretty exciting. So can you guys fill me in on what you're doing there? Sean, you had the conversation with Alexa, so you go ahead. Yeah. So, um, So community engagement, volunteering, I think is a cornerstone of men living and what we want to do moving forward. Um, It's a little bit like you talked about in last week's podcast where you mentioned, I think you were having the discussion about you get self-aware and then you go in a corner and you're all self-aware, but you're not doing anything out in the community. Um, It's kind of like when when my wife gets mad at me for being selfish, she says, oh, hooray for you and the hell with me. So so I think it's really important for us to... um, as we create positive energy through men living, that we go out into the community and share that. So, so it felt like NAMI was a, was a really good place to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Todd, you, Craig Dooley, who's, who's a board member, um, there are a lot of people around us that have relationships with them. And, and you're right, Kathy. I mean, the whole idea of, of um, men being alone, men being depressed, um, men just having a lot of challenges – uh, NAMI is being exposed to that. And, and when I talked to Alexa, she was, she was uh, very complimentary of the work that we're doing and excited about the possibilities uh, of what we could do together. So um, she's going to come and speak to our, our uh, uh, December 16th uh, virtual meeting. Um, and, uh, you know, we look forward to, to some great things working with them. So I feel like 
the amount of men that are out there, there's there's men that are struggling, and I feel like what men living can do is kind of reach back and pull them up towards being a little bit more stable. And then for the guys that feel stable, like, well, everything's fine. I love my wife. My job's okay. I don't need... I feel like some of the things that we offer brings you from this stability to actually thriving and like having a, a the zest for life that we had when we were little kids. I feel like the connection and the program that we offer will bring you from this, you know, status quo to actually like really, really enjoying your life. And there's going to be days when I'm on cloud nine feeling great about everything. And there's other days when I just like everybody else have tough days and we want to create a platform or we are creating a platform so that any of those men have a place. Because if you happen to be in cloud nine and you're highly functioning and everything's great in your marriage and you're, everything's great in your job and you're keeping yourself physically fit, then we need you to help bring up some of the guys that are struggling. And that's the give and get that Sean was talking about. Yeah, I I think that's fantastic. And and Todd, I'm just going to because I'm always you know focusing on Todd's words. You said um, wife and partnership because, like you said, you want to make sure that your men's group is all inclusive. And sometimes it's partnership, and sometimes it's single men, and um, you know it, it's it's all of the above. Yeah, gay right? men, straight gay men, men, straight men, uh, yes, everybody. all of the above. Um, so on that note, as far as partnership, I I. Um, I don't know if Todd fills you in, but I challenge him a lot um, when it comes to what we I can now call men living. I used to have to go back forth tribe and men living. Now I'll call men living with um, I am so I, I hope you guys know how in admiration I am of all the work you're doing. And I'm so um, grateful and I love hearing what, you know, the creativity and just all these connections you guys have made. So I want to I wanted to start with that. But the thing that I always um, push Todd on is how much the focus is on equality and, um, you know, equity, uh, making sure that there's discussions not just around men and connections, but also about understanding the female experience um, and making sure. And, and again, you guys are already talking about race and social justice. And so obviously not just, you know, my experience as a white woman, but uh, you know, a black woman's experience, a Latinx woman's experience, like having an understanding, a broader understanding of why you guys are doing what you're doing and how you can assist in um, the world, you know, not just men, but everybody. And one, I'll, I'll share this story and then I can, you guys can just riff on this and tell me what you think. But Todd and I were in South Dakota a couple of weeks ago and um, we were standing in line at Starbucks and there were two guys in front of us and they were ordering and kind of, you know, ordering slowly and changing their order and just kind of talking amongst, amongst each other. And there was a way big line forming behind us. And they were kind of not caring who was there. Um, and I looked at Todd and because they, they never turned around, they never, they were just very absorbed in what they were doing and everybody has a right to order what they want. I'm not saying that they did anything inherently wrong, but it gave me this moment to say to Todd, what's so different about this is if a typically gen, I'm going to be very general. I'm always speaking in generalities, but if a woman was standing there and ordering, she'd do some kind of turning around and like, you know, I'm ordering a lot, be patient with me or just give a smile. Or there's like this 
bigger connection to how they are experiencing the world and, and how they are being experienced by the world. And this could be societally driven and obviously can become negative where we're too concerned. And I get that too. But I, I just said to Todd, it's just interesting because that lends itself to what happens in the home too, where it's like, you know, sometimes the biggest arguments between partners, if male and female, is there's there's this, you know, and we, we call it emotional labor of this constant looking around the home of what needs to be done. How is everybody? How's the emotional stability of everybody? And often, if you guys have listened to our show, Todd often misses the looking around. <laughs> he's very, he's focused on him and his work and what he needs to do and his role. But there's this inability at Starbucks to turn around and be like, who else is in line? You know what I mean? And I mean that in a metaphorical, like what else is going on? And so I don't know what I'm throwing to you guys. Just what are your thoughts or what are you doing within Men Living to help the men that you were interacting with understand the bigger picture and how maybe a, a woman's experience of the world and how that can maybe lend to greater um, connection between all of us? So I'm, I'm going to let Frank take a whack at this because that was a lot and a very good question and challenging <laughs> question. And Frank, when you start, can you start out with our vision statement and then kind of like back into riffing off of what Kathy just said. Sure. So our vision statement is to live in a more harmonious world by deepening connections amongst men. And, you know, with thanks for sharing that, Kathy. Um, you know, what I what I would say is that there's one of the things that we're doing. Well, let me let me start by saying there's more work that we need to be doing and we want to be doing in regards to um, gender equality. Uh, it hasn't been a, a big focus for us um, in a very direct way. I also think that in indirectly it is uh, addressing it, but, but we want moving forward, we do want to be more um, intentional about, uh, you know, addressing that in a, in a, in a direct way. You know, one of the things, you know, I think of empathy. In fact, we have a workshop this evening um, mm -hmm. on, you know, the missing component of leadership. And that could be, you know, in business or in your family. But, uh, you know, the missing component often is empathy. And, you know, I would look at that as, as, a, as a trait uh, that would be generally, you know, more tied towards, towards uh, women, and not as um, attainable or something we can we can reach as men, and so that's one of the things that we are really trying to look at is, uh, you know, tapping into these more feminine qualities, so that not only it enriches our lives and, and gets us, uh, you know, and connected in, in, you know, the whole range of feelings and emotions, but also. Uh, deepens our relationships with with our partners in our families so that yeah we can kind of be more paying more attention on what's happening and what and what um the women in our household are doing if we're if we're in a household where there's women or when we're out in society and, and what's happening there so those kind of qualities that are important i think will uh address some of those um those gender, uh, the gender inequalities that, that exist. Um, but there's, again, there's, there's more work that needs to be done and, and, you know, we're, we're 
excited to to dive into those, you know, in, in the coming year. Mm-hmm. Great. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think if, you know, to our vision statement, if it ends with, um, you know, the harmony is created based on the connections amongst men, then wouldn't that just be perpetuating the patriarchy? So it's pretty important. And that one was for Kathy. It's pretty important <laughs> that we, Extend, as I said, as I said earlier, I mean, extend beyond the work that we do together to make sure that that energy um, is helping to create change in the world. I mean, so if if we if we can reach some, you know, enlightenment is a little maybe a little too strong of a word, but um, if we can get that by working together, then then my hope is that we're uh, that we're leveraging that energy for greater, greater change. And, and the hope is that you're going to continue to challenge us on that, Kathy. Hmm. Well, and I would say I am married to a very strong woman. We've been talking about gender equality for 10 years on a podcast, amongst many other things. I live with three daughters. We believe wholeheartedly in feminism, which I now understand is if you believe in equality, that's all that really means. My college definition was something much different than that, but all feminism really means I consider myself a feminist and I struggle with this all the time. I struggle with how good of a listener I am with Kathy, my daughters, the empathy piece that Frank was just talking about, you know, the the pay gap inequality around the country. Do I speak up? No, I sometimes regress into this social conditioning that most of us men grew up with, which is, you know, all the ridiculous myths that we heard growing up, like, you know, don't throw like a girl or whatever it is, like just something that, that minimizes or reduces the strength, the power, the authority of our female counterparts. And all I'm saying is if I struggle with it, I'm guessing most other men also struggle with it. So to Frank's point, I think we're doing a lot of indirect stuff to help that, but we're certainly not doing anything, at least not yet specifically and intentionally to deal with that. And that's something that we're going to, you know, continue to take a look at. I have a suggestion for you guys. I I was just going to say, we're open to ideas from either the woman that's here or (laughs) others that are listening. So, yeah. Well, one of my suggestions is I think the key is, you know, it's, you know, women, I just consider women strong, just like, you know, that women, it's not about handouts or it's not about, you know, you raise us up. It's about an understanding of who we are and why we are strong and what our experience is like living in a patriarchy and I and what our experience is like living in a world that really isn't created for us to succeed or rise. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't people who, you know, we can be successful and especially me as a white woman, I have a lot of access to things. It, it's not about complaining. It's about understanding the difference. That's what it, it's, I think sometimes we get lost in, statistics and data where we're like, yeah, but there's 5% more CEOs that are women now, or now we're going to have a female vice president. So we're all good now, you know, and understanding the discrepancy between our experience, which I think, especially Todd raising daughters and, and he and I being married as long as we have, I, I express it a lot. Not again, not as a complaining, but more as a, can we understand each other? 
in that my experience is different than yours. And my suggestion is you guys maybe could do a book club where you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle and you understand her that experience because she speaks for a lot of women. Or you read Gift from the Sea by Anne Merle Lindbergh, which is about a woman's um, you know, search for self-care and raising children and being married to Charles Lindbergh, which could have which was probably horribly difficult. Or to read Dance of the Dissident Daughter by Sue Monk Kidd, which is about her experience of understanding that she lives in a patriarchy and having a discussion about, a because one thing I tell Todd all the time is women, girls, were raised on the male story. So like when I watched Star Wars as a kid, I had to pretend I was Luke Skywalker and kind of see the world through a boy's eyes. And we didn't think much about it. It just kind of was the way it was. And and it's just been recently, and even though it kind of feels regular now, that we have women who lead movies, who like, you know, we just showed our daughters, uh, you know, Bridesmaids recently. And I'm like, you girls, this was like the first female comedy. I mean, we've had female comedians and you can always, there's always exceptions. But my point is, is that this is like a... You know, it, we're it, having an understanding of a woman's experience and respecting that to to see through her eyes is more important than just, you know, again raising us up. It's like let's let's join and see each other as peers. So that was a lot, but a book club might be interesting, or even just articles. You know, I used to be in a book club, and we were we were like, let's just read articles because sometimes taking on a book can be rough. Um, but that's my thought. Anybody? Anybody <laughs> want to speak to any of that? Well, um, thank you for the the ideas. Um, I, I think that's I think it's great. But but the book club thing, I mean, I, I, that's a great idea. I, I think for an article, for sure. Yeah. To you know, we have these meetings where there's a you know it's centered on a topic, and we could certainly do that. You know, very soon. I mean, mm -hmm. there wouldn't be a lot of setup for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's great. To, it's great to have ideas to, to talk about um, and to to start to um, bring to our community. Yeah, and I think like um, we just what was the we we did, this was about racism because George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor were obviously so in the news and it was so you know it was all encompassing. And we had all the guys watch that Netflix documentary, and then we did a meeting about it. What was the documentary that we that we watched? Do you guys remember? Uh, was it thirteen? Thirteen or thirteen? Thirteen. Oh yeah. So yeah. So we we we're kind of like creating a path of what I think is using whatever influence that this organization has to make the world a better place place in terms of racial equity. And I just feel like we kind of need to do the same thing with gender equity. So we're, we're, we're slowly working through that path. And, you know, sweetie, I do appreciate you continuing to push me on it because sometimes it's funny, like we kind of get lost in, or I, I'll use I statements. I get lost, like, let's just come together. Let's have vulnerable, authentic conversations. And that's all we need to do. Like, that's enough. And there's times when I think that, like, you know, we're having a workshop tonight about empathy. Does it have to be specific to gender equity? Um, and my the answer is really, Yes, but I sometimes fall back like, well, let's just have, let's just be vulnerable with another and that's enough. And um, it's not, it's not, we need to do a better job. Well, and I, and, I, and I would add that, you know, if we think about our cornerstones now moving forward, you know, the, having that meeting, having that discussion, authentic discussion, discussion is we're connecting. But if we're going to live intentionally, 
then we have to live intentionally. So whether it's the, the race work that we do, whether it's you know the gender equity work that we do, we have to be intentional about it. And I think to Kathy's point, I think you know having, having discussion around a book or an article is great, but then how are we engaging? Um, and, and we have to live it at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, that's kind of what we're all about. Um, and so I think we've started to take those steps when it comes to the race discussion, but there's, as we know, there's more work for us to do there. Well, it's funny, like last week's podcast, I brought up that quote by mother Teresa, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I feel like that, although that's a powerful quote and I think there's a ton of truth into it, there's another place you could take that. Cause if all we're doing is, you know, as a white, straight privileged man, I could just say, well, I'm just going to love my family and I'm not using any of the influence that I did not earn, that I was privileged by, by being a certain gender, a certain sexual orientation, a certain color of my skin. And I, I, I want to do a better job of using this as influence to more intentionally make a difference. Well, and what you guys, you know, like you said, Sean, on last week's podcast, we talked about how self-awareness is the first step toward anything and that sometimes we get lost in the self-awareness and we just kind of get so interested in ourselves and wow, wasn't that cool that I figured that out and wow, now I understand my childhood, but we don't kind of take that information and and integrate that into our understanding of relationships with others and our reactions or our responses or our self-regulation. And so your mission statement, you know, to make the world more harmonious is beautiful because basically what you're saying is, you know, let's as men get to know each other and ourselves and feel that we can see the world through a more, um, integrated lens that we don't feel like we just have to be all these masculine things that we can be all these things and we can come together and and know men who are different and learn from each other and then we take that stability and we go out into the world and and you know like once you have that self-awareness and that stability you feel you know i always call in yoga you guys are all yoga teachers you know i always call you know the root to rise thing once you feel rooted you can rise and go out there and really make a difference. And so men living is like that step. For some, it's going to be step one. For some, it's step 10 because they've already been doing the work a long time, but it's step one. So then they can go out and be interested in hearing about different perspectives, if it be gender or race or um, sexuality. They're, they feel comfortable in their skin. So they don't feel defensive or they don't feel like overwhelmed by it. Um, so I want to take this into a slightly different direction. We only have about 10 minutes le- left. Um, so what I'm hoping, if you're still listening 50 minutes into this podcast, whether you're a man or a woman or however you identify, go to menliving.org and just subscribe to our newsletter. We send it out every Wednesday morning. And I want to talk specifically about the blog that was in the newsletter that Sean shared actually today. But when you, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be last week. And it was a blog about... Um, how there's, you know, millions of dollars being poured into certain versions of men's health, erectile dysfunction, balding, stuff like that. So there is this market, there's this demand for guys that, you know, for, I'm going to say it, that need boner pills and don't want to be bald. Yet we go to, um, you know, it's not like we've, we've put our mission vision, our business plan in front of venture capitalists. But I have a feeling if we said this to them saying, Hey, we just want to bring more men in to have deeper connection. Maybe I'm being short-sighted, but there's not much of a market for such a thing 
for guys to be authentic, connecting, vulnerable, trying to change the world by using this platform. But there is this huge market for balding and boner pills. And I just, it's so frustrating to me. And I just wonder if anybody, Sean Frank, do you guys share that frustration with me? And why is that? Why is there not more of a demand for this? Well, I, I guess I'll start since I wrote the blog. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty frustrated when when I saw some of these announcements on um, on the venture venture capital that's been raised in these areas. And and I don't I don't think we should minimize you know that that some of these issues can can be serious issues physically, emotionally, uh, mentally. Um, but on the other hand. Um, you know, I think, I, I think there's bigger fish to fry and, and why won't, you know, I mean, we're not going to go to venture capital anyways, because we're a nonprofit, but we are going to go to foundations and donors to help support the cause. And I think if, if what we can discuss is the fact that the things that we're doing are engaging men who are lonely and depressed to live more fulfilling lives, then hopefully that's, that's a pitch that will be attractive. And we haven't tried to do that yet. And, and so I'm I'm bullish on the fact that uh, that that argument will will have legs. Mm. Uh, but yes, that's not my health clinic. My health clinic doesn't you know doesn't work that way. Mm. Frank, yeah, I you know are having more connected men is that going to make somebody more money? I mean, hopefully it'll you know create success and 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 more you know. Um, more fulfillment in, in the people's lives that, you know, but there's with those health clinics, there's, there's money to be made apparently. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll take, we'll take the guys that are at going to those health clinics and the other ones that aren't too. So, well, and as I think about it, it's more like, this is the man box stuff. Like how do we, mm-hmm. what, what were we brought up to value? How many girls you could have sex with, what you look like, you know, you have a good head of hair, how much money do you make? Um, you know, I'm sure younger people, younger boys are like how good you are at gaming or whatever. Like it's all these things. So it's just like, these are issues that we, we were all taught, we were all taught lies. We were, we were lied to our entire upbringing, um, and what it means to be a man. And all we're trying to do is reframe what it means to be a man. That's what I got, sweetie. Yeah, and I and I just I, I just want to add that it's something that I've been thinking about as we've been talking is that uh, you know a lot of what we do is serious, it's deep, um, and and important, but you know we can't be overly serious about it. We have, I mean, there's there's a there's a, a, a foundation of joy in this that uh, I think needs to be, you know, needs to be talked about because, um, because we do kind of revolve around the deepness of it, the importance of it. But if it's not bringing joy, then, you know, then that, that's not going to be great. So, so uh, I just want to make sure we make note of that. And I don't know if you two want, or Kathy want to add to it, but um, yeah, I guess I'll say you're totally right. And sometimes I'm so busy trying to get men involved and I focus on connection vulnerability, I sometimes do put the fun on the wayside as part of my pitch. And I feel like I need to move that closer up to the front because really what I feel most alive is of course I feel most alive when I'm sitting in a circle of men talking 
about vulnerability or whatever, but I also feel most alive every summer when we do the play like we did when we were little kids and we're playing dodgeball and baseball and basketball and ultimate Frisbee and everything else. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. So if there's any guys out there like, you know, I don't really, this seems pretty serious. There's parts of this that are not serious at all. And to please think about, you know, checking us out. So. yeah, and I would just say, I mean, coming to a meeting, when we start a virtual meeting, there's 30 guys, you know, screen and gallery view. And for me, I just love it. I mean, that first picture, 30 guys getting ready to talk about stuff, that that makes me feel good. Yeah. So, Yeah, I think, we do a, I think we do a nice job of meeting people where they're at, you know. So that's an important thing that we want to just just mention and invite people. You know, it's it's not that... We're going to send you off to the deep end and, and push you in, you know, at that side of the pool. I mean, we want to meet people where where they're at and just like we want to be met where we're at. So, um, you know, that's that's we want we want to just allow people to lean in and, mm-hmm. and dip their toes in. And, you know, usually when there's a space that's that's provided, it's it's very uh exciting and comforting to know that people are willing to step in once, once that, once that door is open. So uh, one other thing I want to just mention real quick, you know, I think with regard, I want to just circle back to the gender equity um, point. You know, I think for me, I I have to be willing to mess up too. Mm. That's, that's one of the things with, you know, as we talk about these topics that, you know, I'm not that experienced in, you know, whether it be uh, having conversations around race, whether it be having conversations about gender, gender equity, you know, um, being willing to mess up and, 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 and not do it just right. Um, you know, that's, that's part of it too, is that, you know, the, the seriousness, I mean, we, you know, we, we're okay with screwing things up, but, but we're going to, we're going to try things on that are important to us. And, um, you know, learn from other people. That's, that's a big part of it. You know, I learned something on every, every event, every meeting, uh, from other people that, that are either there every week or showing up for the first time. And that's, that's wonderful. And that's what I was going to say, like, as a woman speaking to the women or men who are listening right now, um, like how, what is it like to have a partner who's involved in men living? And, what I love about it is that, and I, our children would agree if they were here, is Todd and I always have something to discuss, often to our children's dismay, where they'll say, will you guys stop talking um, because we would like to have an interaction. Um, we always, I, Todd is interested in the experiences that I'm having because he likes to pull that into his experience to help with his teaching and his learning. He, I get to learn from him about the male experience. And, um, and when I say the male experience, what I mean is how, how boys were raised, the insecurities of men, the, the challenges, um, the tools, the, you know, the connection it's, we are all human and much of it is overlapping. Not everything is completely separate, but for those of you who are listening, who are, you know, who are interested in getting your partner involved in this, first of all, I would just say, have them listen to this podcast, let them come to that conclusion on their own. This is not a, a forcing situation, you know, Todd with, um, with men living and also with his own coaching always says you have to have the guy, 
contact me. You know, it can't. Yeah, yeah. As much as I want women to be involved and help us broadcast this message, you can't sign the man in your life right. up. They have to sign it up for themselves. Because you want them to walk in with a desire to to make these connections and with a desire to um, to learn something. And, and it, it so again, going back to your mission statement of the harmonious world, it helps with partnership. It, it's opened conversations and doors and um, it's, it's helped us know each other better. And I am, I'm, again, I'm grateful to you guys um, and what you've put together because not only does it help me personally and help my relationship with Todd, but I see the bigger picture and the ripple effect you guys are having. Um, it's really inspiring. I, I have a women's circle that I run that is not at all like what you guys are doing. I just have my, the group of women that I meet with and we used to kind of be doing the same thing. I had my women's circle taught it as men's group. And now you guys are like this non-for-profit, like going out in the world and changing people's lives. And I'm just really, um, grateful and inspired and just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that. Oh, that was a nice you, sweetie. Uh, Sean, Frank, any last uh, takes that you wanted to make sure you said, or do you guys feel complete? Anything? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just honored to be on um, your podcast, Kathy and Todd. Mm. It's, it's great to be here with you and having the conversation. So thank you. Nice. It, yeah, it all started for me was in parenting radio. So good to be back. Nice. Yeah. And we did record another podcast with Frank and Sean, and the name of it was called The Profound Loneliness of American Men. We played some clips from an NPR podcast. I thought that was a very powerful episode. So um, I'll include that one in the show notes if you guys are interested. And then just from a men living perspective, go to menliving.org. You can sign up for the newsletter. That's probably the easiest touch point on how to get involved. Send me an email at todd at menliving.org. I can't forget to mention our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, painting and remodeling throughout throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. And Jeremy also is a member of our tribe. So, of um, men living. Of men, men living. living. Um, two things, Todd. Number one, can women um, sign up for your newsletter? Yes. Okay. So, you know, I was just saying this should be, if men want to be involved in this, it should be their directive. But when it comes to the newsletter, I think you, your newsletter is amazing too. You guys have some great resources. And then you've forgotten that Frank was on our show before and he was Santa. Yes, he was. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you remember that, Frank? The sushi, the sushi eating Santa. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know if I can find like that. That was like eight years ago. <laughs> we had we decided to bring Santa on and Frank was a trooper and he came on oh and it Lord. was pretty funny. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have sushi instead of cookies? Yeah, there yeah. was something yeah, weird. Santa was acting very strange thing. Very strangely that day. I think if we do I think if we do that again, we'll have to I, I need to get in the suit. Yes. I, think it was, I was having a difficult time with without the suit so let's 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 get the suit and let's do it again. <laughs> all right you have the beard so you don't uh, really yes, need that he does um sean frank thank you so much sweetie thanks for cre- agreeing to create the space for uh men living on zen parenting podcast um so we will uh see you guys next week keep trucking and talk soon adios Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. Hey, looking for more support, exclusive content, and an awesome community of parents? Join Team Zen, where you'll get zero pressure and 100% support. First month's free if you enter the coupon code FRIEND 
go to zenparentingradio.com. Time is at a premium these days, which is why we're delivering help and hope right to your inbox. Sign up to receive Zen Parenting Moment, a quick read two times a week that helps ground you and remind you of what you already know. Go to zenparentingradio.com to subscribe. A special shout out to the guys or for women who want to share a pretty great opportunity with the men in their lives. Men Living is committed to improving men's lives through connection. Included in our program is a low-pressure, 75-minute weekly virtual gathering for men to give and get support and build friendships. If you want to learn more, you can head to menliving.org. Join us for our other podcast, Pop Culturing, where we take a Gen X view on movies and TV and have fun breaking down key moments and the themes that teach us what it means to be human. And don't forget about our founding partner, Jeremy Craft at avidco.net. He is a bald-headed beauty, painting and remodeling throughout Chicago and area. His number is 630-956-1800. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep on trucking.